Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Welcome on into the Sports Buffoons. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And we are back once again, the trio of the group all together once again. So this time, guys, we're not at the studios. We are at Mr. Brew's Tap House out here in Overland Park, Kansas, here at 80th and Metcalf. This place is phenomenal. This is our this place. Jason, this is probably our favorite place to hang out, isn't it? It's it's kind of like the boat, the best of all time. A boat? Right. City. <laughs> the boat. I don't know where I heard that before, but that's fabulous. It's it's not fabulous. It's 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 the close to the goat, but it's the boat for now, right right right, 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 right. This place has to me the best burgers in all of Overland Park. Uh, they got some awesome stuff coming up. As a matter of fact, burger of the month for December is going to be the steakhouse burger. They got some Cajun seasoning. Uh, yeah, American aioli on there. Uh, they, it's not out yet from what I can tell, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that thing come through. That is going to be phenomenal. But, uh, Did you know that the burger of the month for November was basically a Thanksgiving plate with a turkey burger? I think I heard about that. Gravy, like, you know how I feel about turkey like, I think I, it's like a biscuit with turkey burger, and it, it looks phenomenal. Yes, turkey burgers are my jam, so that is definitely my so, favorite thing. Yeah, so these guys are very festive in what they do. Uh, with their food and their seasonal stuff. Yeah. So, JG, Tanner D, Mike here running it here. Um, guys, what are you sipping on right now? Here for Mr. Bruce. They have 34 beers on tap. Um, all craft beers, by the way. So, they have some of the best selection. I say, if you're from the area, this place is right there with Barley's. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I went with the stuff of legend because this is probably the last keg in all of North America. So if you want the stuff of legend, they've got like a half keg left, and uh, after that, it's gone, dude. Boulevard stuff of legend. Right. I got the Fields uh, Fields ninety fifty five IPA today. Uh, I've had a couple. I had a rough day earlier that was really good. Um, so like, yeah, beers are solid by far. Yeah, I ended up getting the, I think it was the Odell Mercenary double IPA. Been around for a long time, but it's an old traditional one. Guys, you know, I love me some Colorado beers. So, um, can't go wrong. in Colorado, can't be too nice. We got the Broncos coming up. So, uh, something else to think about here. Denver coming to town, but, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll drink their beer all day long. God dang it. That's what I'm saying. Like, they have some of the best beer, but we hate the Broncos. Yeah, before we kick it off, I'm just going to go down some specials real quick with you guys. So, obviously here on Tuesdays, it's a two for Tuesday. Any two starters for 10 bucks. We come on Wednesdays, every other Wednesday, I would say, and they do 69-cent wings. Nice. That's what I thought, Tanner. Nice. So, 69-cent wings, beautiful thing, a little saucy for you. So, uh, those are my favorite things to get. And I don't think I've been on a Thursday, but nachos and margaritas for 12 bucks. So Actually, that's a pretty good deal. Right. That's a pretty solid deal right there. Uh, let's just say we, we like these guys quite a bit, and we appreciate Mr. Brews for uh, supporting us and having us out here today. And uh, we have some good scenery in the background, too, so a yeah. lively environment. Got a few people out for us today, so we appreciate those guys showing up and enjoying a beer with us. So, big time. Guys, first things first, the Chiefs are back now. The bye week is over. So, let's dig into some Kansas City Chiefs with the Denver Broncos matchup. I want to give Tanner here his, his moment to speak about what he thinks 
about this upcoming game because I feel like he's got something to say about um, you know some of the unfolding events of the Broncos now sitting right now with a six and five record on the season. So is this a surprise to you? I mean, what does this Broncos team really at the end of the day? It's it is kind of a surprise, really. In a way, not really, because of Teddy Bridgewater in the Cortland Sutton coming back from his ACL injury. Uh, the fact that Tim Patrick's able to keep up for another year for those guys is phenomenal. And the fact that they went out and got, you know, they had Melvin Gordon, but they went out and got drafted uh, Javante uh, Williams. Javante Williams. Right. Uh, and that guy has been a stud all year long. And, the, and they also went out and traded Von Miller midseason to the Rams. For a first round, the defense is still playing very well, and they're they're phenomenal. Outside of their injuries, they're having uh, kind of up and down the team. Uh, this is a team if they stay consistent, especially with a uh, potential uh, quarterback change here and there. Drew Locke is awful lately, uh, so he's not the future. But this is a team that could cause trouble, maybe next year and the year after as well, because they're young and they're they got their shit together. Mm-hmm. They really do. No, I agree. I mean, they just made a trade also for a linebacker. I'll get yes. into him here a little bit later. Uh, but here's the thing I want to bring back to you guys. It is the Chiefs coming off a of bye week. So Andy Reid is now 19-3 and off of a bye week for his career. And so is he going to be now 20-3? and Because the Chiefs have now won 11 games in a row against the Denver Broncos. Last time that happened was actually 2015. I, I, I keep thinking 2016. 2015. 2015. It was September 17th, 2015. The last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. I was at that. And who was the quarterback? Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, get excited. Get excited. But all right, Jason. So what are your thoughts on this game coming up? Chiefs and Broncos. And it's going to be a tough battle. It's not live. First thing I always look at, as you guys know, is the the defense. So. I'm a big believer. Unfortunately, I have to admit this. I'm a big believer in that Broncos defense. You know, the last four games, they've given up 17, 7, 14, and 9. And so they are actually trending towards being an elite defense. Now, my biggest issue this week for the Broncos is Teddy Bridgewater. He may not be 100% because he had a brutal hit from Derwin James last week. And, you know, there is a chance that Drew Locke is going to play. If Teddy's, Teddy's not 100% right in this game. Correct. He's, so, he's kind of banged up right now. This, this game could be a disaster for the Broncos, considering the fact that we all know when you have, like, three or four really good games in a row like that, like their defense has had, at some point you're going to be due for a letdown. And so, you know, the Broncos just beat the Chargers 28-13. I think they are due for a letdown in this game. So I think it's going to get ugly here. The Chiefs are favored by 10. I actually have the Chiefs covering the spread in this game. Uh, But for me, it starts with defense. We all know that the Chiefs' defense is trending in a positive direction. So I'm not going to call them an elite defense yet, but that's definitely how this is trending. So this game could be a big problem for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and I, I kind of agree with that too. Like the fact that the offense, they're, they're coming off a of bye week and an essential and extended rest because it got flexed to Sunday night football. Uh, you know, the Broncos could have quite an issue on their hands. Now don't get me wrong here that – Teddy Bridgewater came back in the game last week after getting banged up because Drew Lockman was so bad, missing those throws, couldn't get, I like, couldn't hit the receivers. 
but with Teddy having the rest going into Sunday Night Football, he can still be a force. I'm a little worried about that part because he does like to scramble. This guy is not a loser quarterback by any means. We all know this, right? No, he's totally fine. Like He still has a lot to prove in the league because since he came in, you've never seen him truly step up and be a top 10 starter by any means. But he's serviceable, and he's kind of he's underachieved, at least from my expectations, when he first yes. came to the league. Yes. A lot of that's through the injury, though, and the teams he's been on. So he's been on some bad teams over the years. This is the best team he's been on at this point in his career. Right. And, Jason, you said the Chiefs' defense is not elite yet. That's correct. But they got these next three games to prove it. Division rivals, all tied. Six and five. It's time to prove exactly who the Chiefs defense is. Because if the Chiefs defense don't show up in these next three games, I'm a little worried even going to the playoffs from there. Well, I think you say yet because you need to see more still at the end of the day. But, hey, I've already told you guys over the last six weeks, the Chiefs have a defense only ranked behind the Patriots in the entire NFL. So, That's right. obviously, it's something that has been proven now over the course of a month and a half. It surprised me. Guys, ever since I had my little rant, uh, the whole thing's changed. And I told you guys what I thought about the defense at the time. And I was pretty hard on them, right? That was, I, a, long, that was I, a long rant, too. I had to come at them, you know, because they deserved it. Because they were, they were shit in the bed, so to speak. And so what I want to point out, though, about the Broncos' defense here is that they also have coming back Kareem Jackson for this yeah. game, too, for its strong safety. So we'll be back. offensively, they're going to have Dalton Reisner and Garrett Bowles looking back here as well That's on the good. offensive line. Um, now, Bowles is obviously known for his penalties, so he's really good at uh, you know false starts and holding calls, but that's besides the point. Um, I just think Denver's going to end up con- trying to control the clock in this game. This will be a game that comes down to ball control on Denver's end, where the Chiefs are going to be looking to take advantage of the mismatches, such as mismatch number one yep. is Broncos' new linebacker, Kenny Young. He's allowed 35 of 40 passes completed in his zone this year. And as a Bronco, he's allowed every pass thrown his way to be completed. So, guys, something to think about. Travis Kelsey, get on Kenny Young. I mean, the dude's going to be open. So, something to think about as far as that goes. But at the end of the day, Bronco's offense actually is ranked number two in the entire NFL in final possession. So, the average right now, three, three minutes and five seconds per drive, which is actually pretty amazing considering you take into account three and outs of turnovers, right? So, they're clock drainers, in my opinion. This is a team where you're facing Patrick Mahomes. You want to be a clock drainer. You don't necessarily want to go out and have a shootout. You want to control the clock, keep the game close, and then from there, you know, it's not like playing against Peyton Manning at one point back in the day. You don't want to let him see the field for too long, then you're going to find yourself in trouble. So, guys, I just think that's something to think about. Denver D is solid. They lead the league in, uh, in fewest missed tackles as well. So this is That's funny to play with you. Not to get you scared. This isn't the uh, Omicron variant. Not to scare you for no reason. This is just something to, think, just something to think about. You know, or, or as I'd like to say, the Omicron. You know, that, maybe that's more fun. But that's, that's my thoughts on on the game. And I'm with Jason on that covering thing. I think the Chiefs do cover this. I've got 27-14 as my score for the Chiefs. And how did they beat the Chargers last week? They ran the ball. They ran the ball, but before I move on, like you, you mentioned the Omicron, what happened to Delta? Right? I thought we were still on Delta. I need to start watching the news more often, but watch, more importantly, watch that show. You know, <laughs> I agree with you guys. I mean, defense. I mean, it's going to win the game no matter what. But the Broncos are going to try to hog the ball. Yes. And I, I think this is going to be a snapback for both teams. I look at that Broncos offense that tries to run the ball. Run the clock. I think the Chiefs are going to snap back to not turning the ball over as much. 
right? I think the Broncos are probably going to turn the ball over a little bit more. So I do look for the Chiefs to win the turnover battle in this game because everybody bitches about Mahomes every fucking week after listen to, oh, would he ever stop turning the ball over? This is going to be the week that he's going to stop turning the ball over. Although I don't give him credit for that interception last week. That was Kelsey's fault, but he did, Mahomes did fumble the ball. So I, I think this is going to be a snapback for that Chiefs offense. They're going to stop turning the ball over. Broncos might turn it over a little bit more, but definitely that Broncos defense, they're going to have a letdown game on the road at Giha Field at Arrowhead. That's going to be interesting. I would love to see that. Now, we had a concept come into play. Edwards Clyde Air uh, is going to be kind of the full-time guy. Clyde Air. Huh? Sorry. Edwards Clyde Air. Clyde Edwards. Clyde. <laughs> you know, like horses? Like a, like, like a horse? I might have had a legend stacked by Clyde, Clyde Horse. So, so Clyde and Daryl Williams will be your two-man running backs. McKinnon got put on IR. Saunders got put on IR as well. Now, are we looking at... From the backfield, are we going to see more of a running game this, you think, continuing on between the two? Yeah, here's are the we seeing Clyde being a majority? We're going to get into this here in a few minutes as well about fantasy discussion. We're going to talk fantasy as well as, obviously, NFC, as you guys saw the title of our video. But, guys, the Broncos' defense actually allows 4.4 yards per carry. And for me, I mean, a mixture of Clyde and Daryl together is going to open yeah. up play action. So, yeah, you will be seeing some Clyde Edwards-Hilaire involved. And I trust Daryl in the red zone. Now, deep passing, this could come back. I, I could foresee a situation where we see Travis underneath hitting up that linebacker, hitting those linebackers, and then hitting them over the top with a Tyree kill play. That's something we've been begging for throughout the season. We're not seeing quite enough of it, but I see this being a game of ball control for both teams. How about uh, Josh Gordon getting involved? Uh, I can't Is it time? Nope, 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 I cannot Is promise. it time? I wish, but no, I'm not, I'm not promising nothing on that. So. Yeah, that is that is not my alley on that one. That is for Andy Reid and Co to figure out. Yeah, Josh Gordon is a blocker, so I, a, I, I, that's what I'm looking forward to is for him to make some good blocks He's a, in this game. But the other stat I want to throw out, guys, is the fact that the Broncos haven't given up more than 16 points in the game since week six. And that's another reason why I think that shit is going to stop. They are going to snap back to the bean in a violent way. And they're going to give up more points than they have been. I mean, you got to understand, when they beat the Chargers last week, that was their Super Bowl. So it's time for the Broncos to get cocky and just have a totally shit ball game. I think that's what's going to happen. Now, we will have a TikTok about this result. But for the sake of the podcast, can I get a result from you guys? Yeah, I mean, we both said they're going to cover. Chiefs are going to cover this. We're, we're saying it's going to be a blowout. Oh, we're saying, I'm saying 27-14. I, you know, I'm going to give the Broncos defense a little bit of credit here. They are going to hold the Chiefs to 24, okay. but they're only going to put up 10. So they, the Chiefs are going to cover. Broncos will show a little bit of life on that defense, but I've got a 24-10 final score. Okay, I think we see the new old Chiefs come into play here. We score 30. We'll score about 30. A 30 burger. And the defense pulls them to 10. Whoa. 10. That's it. So we're, we're all kind of assuming a blowout. We're hoping. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 Anything over 10 points in the NFL is a blowout, right? Okay. So, so that's what we're hoping for. Obviously, Sunday Night Football, we probably won't have a show right afterwards. 
but let's see if we can get something together maybe Monday. Guys, real quick before we move on here, what is your favorite and most memorable Chiefs Broncos game of all time? Anyone have a favorite to talk about? Well, I'm going to have to go with November 27, 2016. It's the field goal that actually doinked off the upright and went through. The Chiefs won that game 30 to 27. I think that's my favorite game of all time because we doinked one against the Donks. Can I just, I don't really have a, I don't want to say a game, but can I put my moment in sure. of when the Broncos, I started hitting the Broncos even more? Was Andy Reid got hired? Peyton Manning was looking for a team. Met with the Chiefs. Met with the Broncos right after his time with the Broncos. Stealing Peyton Manning from us. Granted, we probably wouldn't have Mahomes today. I mean, would you sign a Scott Fioli too, Tanner? No. I would not. God, no. I don't blame Peyton Manning. No, I, I can't I can't fully blame him because of that issue. But Emmanuel Sanders can go F himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was big too at that time. So that that was my that's a moment for me between the Broncos and the Chiefs is Peyton Manning. We knew what he was going to be, and the Chiefs' defense wasn't that awful then. They could have been something similar to what Peyton had to do. Yeah, 2016 Christmas Day for me. Don Terry Poe throwing that touchdown to Demetrius Harris for two yards out. <laughs> hey, I went that to that a, game. That was a beautiful thing. That was amazing. But as a kid, my favorite Chiefs-Broncos game was definitely when Dante Hall returned a 93-yard punt. The, it, the human out, joystick? The, the human joystick. The human joystick game? And then wrapped it all the way around. It's like you're playing, uh, obviously, that 2022 Madden, but you're playing. Uh, teams were undefeated for that one. 18? What? Madden? You're playing 18 Madden in that game. At least. Right. Not 22. Sure, sure, sure. No, not 22. It was more where you could actually move around a little bit. I just like all of the games when the Broncos had. Jake Plummer on the team because I know that he sucked so bad play action. that we play always action. have a chance. Roll we always have play a chance. Action. That game. You guys ever gonna remember when Jake Plummer flipped off his own fan base? I love it. Remember that I moment? It. it was Jake. We have we have a fan back here. Yes, yes, he did flip off. There was a moment when Jake Plummer did the old eight ten. It was like this. He did one of these. Jake Plummer did one of those to his own fan base. All right, guys. Hey, before we move on, actually, we did have a comment here. What's that? Connor Dawson did say, sup. And he's actually in our crowd right now. Oh. And there's potential of him being on the show next week. Next week, right? Yeah. So we're excited for that. Excited to talk to Connor as well. Can we say Connor Dawson of the Milwaukee Brewers? What? Get out of here. It's going to be an exciting show. Make sure you have to tune in next week. Wouldn't that be cool? All right, are we jumping in some uh, fantasy? Fantasy, guys. Over, under, pick for the day. So not our, not our normal pick but this time think about what's going to be going on within your fantasy team, within your structure. If you have one of these players, we're going to be telling you over, under the projected stat for that game. So, there we go. Take it off. Football time. We got, right away, Stephon Diggs against the New England Patriots. Um, over, under, 18 points in PPR, by the way. I'm going to have to go with the under here uh, just because I, I don't really trust the guy because he's been on my team all year, and he's let me down many, many times. But the other thing I look at is that Bill Belichick has a way of shutting down number one wide receivers. Right. Uh, he'll double-team him, whatever he's got to do to shut guys like that down. So give me the under on Stephon Diggs, under 18. Yeah. I'm going over, guys. I'm going over on this one. Just for the fact the last three weeks, the New England defense 
didn't face any top receiver. They faced Cleveland, which had zero double-digit riders wideouts. Gage for Atlanta had the highest at 9.9. And then uh, Tennessee, without A.J. Brown, without Derrick Henry, without Julio Jones, had Westbrook. Uh, was that Icon? I, 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 I don't know how to say his name. Oh, Nick, Nick Westbrook? Yeah. I, I can. Yeah, I, I can. I gave up the last Westbrook. He, had, he, had, he only had 10.5 10. points on that. Uh, and if you've looked at Diggs last three weeks, guys, that's – 30-burger, that's an 18-burger, and a 21-burger. I'm looking at Stephon Diggs continue to be a main target for this Buffalo team, and he is going to be above 18 going into this matchup. I'm going to give him one week of regression. I'm with JG here. I think this is going to be under 18 points for Stephon Diggs because they're going to hold him without a touchdown. And, you know, here's the thing. Bill Belichick is going to win coach of the year, you guys. And he's going to do that by shutting down top-end players on these teams. And he's done it against the Chiefs before in the past. Going to do against the Bills, who are a very lopsided team, or they're very pass happy. Um, he's going to force the Bills into pass for running situations, excuse me. And so we're going to see that come down and see if Singletary and then Co. can make things happen. I don't promise they will, but Diggs for me is an under 18 points for this week. Next one, we have Jalen Waddle, one of my favorite players throughout this whole season, going against the New York Giants. His over under is 15 points projected for the week. I got an easy over for myself here. I love me some Jalen Waddle. He's in a PPR. He's going to get seven passes for, we're going to go 90 yards and a touchdown. I'm going to go with the over as well for Jalen Waddle. And it's because he's a really, really great player. Like, yeah. I believe in the guy as a player. But more importantly, the New York Giants suck ass. So that's why I'm going to go with over here. Yeah, I'm going over as well. The Giants are 13th worst in the league, right? So Waddle, last three weeks, are 10, 21, and 28. And the 28 bigger game against Carolina, which is actually a pretty good team for uh, versus wideouts. Uh, but if you look at the defense for the Giants as well, they had a bye week 10. Tampa on week 11, Evans had 20, Godwin with 19. Uh, and then obviously last week, Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts in the crew decided to have a big choke burger and had zero double-digit wide, uh, wideouts with points in there. But I look at Jalen Waddle being the main target for the Dolphins. He's going to be an end zone target. Tua's playing almost at a next level right now, the way he's showing up right now. I love this. I love this matchup for Jalen Waddle. I'm thinking we're looking at it even closer than 30 burgers. I love hearing the former Tua haters start talking good things because I've been a believer all along. Tan, I hate Tua. Tan Dawson, guess what? He's, he's changing his mind. He's, he's playing great. He really is playing Thank great. Thank you for the appreciation of Tua Tuglia-Voa. Next up, we got Alexander Madison replacing Dalvin Cook for this game against Detroit. Um, over-under is 18 points. This is going to be a tough one, guys. But I actually like the over, but barely. I'm saying 21 points for Alexander Madison this week. Yeah, you know, you got to go with the over. It doesn't even matter to the player. I don't really care about Madison. I care about the fact that Detroit sucks ass. So give me the over with Alexander Madison. All right. All over. Detroit's the fourth worst defense to play, right, to have. Um... Madison actually got to play Detroit back on week five when Dalvin Cook got hurt then. He had a 25 points. Then week three, he played against Seattle, 22 points. And he had 10 points alone after Cook went down versus Niners last week. And if you look ahead at the Detroit Lions defense, obviously it's pitiful. Pitiful. Harris had 17. Chubb uh, with a 22. 
and I'm not even gonna look ahead. Don't let me go. But like, it's it's not good. Detroit's not good. It's awful. Montgomery had ten. Okay, Montgomery had ten. It's, it's, it's still awful. Madison, majority of the carries. He's great in the pass game. Some consider him better than Cook at times in the pass game. Mm, I would know that. Tough. It's a tough call. But I'm going Madison. Big time over. I have my fancy team, so he better be over. We'll throw you guys a curveball now. We got Taysom Hill starting here in Thursday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. Over under is 18 and a half points for Taysom Hill coming off an injury. This is going to be an interesting game, you guys. Can he come back healthy? Because the projectors out there are thinking as the rest of the year goes on, he's going to be around 26, 28 points per game projection-wise. Guys, I, I think for this week, Taysom Hill should not be one of your starters. I'm going to say he's going to be an under 18 and a half. They're going to hold him to around 15 points this week. Now, I'm going to go over, guys. You know, Taysom Hill just got that big contract, so he's obviously out there to prove himself. You know, Dallas is fired up right now because they've been playing like ass for a couple games now. Uh, no offense to our bartender over here, but they've been playing bad, and so they are a little bit fired up. So I do believe that New Orleans, obviously, they're going to try to run the ball, but eventually they're going to fall behind to this Dallas, Dallas offense. And they're going to be forced to throw it a lot. So I do have Taysom Hill going over the 18. I think it's just the fact that the people who are, you know, forecasting these stats, only having him getting 18, they just don't really know what to expect right now for Taysom Hill. But he is going to go over that. I'll take the over. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under, guys. Dallas, I think it's going to come out firing on a short, on a technically long week for them. I'm doing the Saints as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking Dallas Cowboys defense actually shows up this game. Uh, Dak and Zeke and Tony uh, control the pace of the game and keep Taysom off the field. And Taysom, he's going he's to be panicking back in the pocket. He's not going to go want to throw the ball to nobody receivers. He's going to have to run the ball somewhere. And what is Dallas going to do? Just put a spy on him and then just stop him there. Three and outs. Under. Under. I do agree. Dallas' defense is due to come back down to where they were beginning of the season, play a little better. So, yep, I like it. Antonio Gibson is our next one, you guys, going against the Las Vegas Serretas. His over-under is 14.4. Now, I know how JG feels about it. He gets a little irritated every once in a while. The fact is, Gibson's been a good player. I mean, whenever he's healthy and on the field, he produces. So that's my thought about him. I like over for Antonio Gibson against the Raiders. And by the way, guys, if you're enjoying this content and want to see some more fantasy discussion, like, subscribe. We appreciate it very, very much. We're here every week. So the thing with Antonio Gibson is he never really let me down, guys. Like, he had a stress fracture in his leg. But personally, he never let me down. You know, you guys get injured from time to time, but he looks to be back to normal. So I am going to go with the over here. He's at Las Vegas who gives up a lot of fantasy points to running backs. Yes, third. So, you know, even though he's on my team, which my fantasy team sucks, if you guys haven't figured that out by now, I am going to go with the over for Antonio Gibson. All right, Gibson, the last three weeks, guys, we had 21-6 and a 23. Um, I think the six-pointer, though, he was baited up that game, so he didn't upset half right. yeah. of it. Uh, if you look at the Raiders' defense the last three games, uh, Darrell Williams had 29 Mixon with 24, Elliott Pollard with 16 and 20. Um, yeah, Gibson up, baby. Gibson could be close to another 20-burger this week uh, versus Raiders defense. And uh, I look to the Raiders regress themselves versus uh, Washington. 
Yeah. All right, guys. Next up, we have a good one. Uh, this is our hometown boy right now, Clyde Edwards Elair, going against yeah. the Denver Broncos. We just talked about this early on in the show here a few minutes ago. But is he going to get over or under 12 points in PPR weeks this week? I like the over on this one because I think he's going to be catching passes out of the backfield, something he hasn't done enough of quite this year. So Clyde is my over for the week against the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to go with the over as well. And like as you guys know, I've been preaching this over and over again. I do believe in the Denver defense overall, but this is going to be the letdown game for that defense. And so give me the over. Clyde Edwards Elaire or Edwards Clyde Elaire as Tanner likes to call Edwards it. Right, right. Give me that over the table. He was thinking of horses. Yeah, he's thinking of horses. Yeah, I'm just thinking of horses. Uh, so last three weeks for Clyde, obviously he was injured. 15 points on his comeback game versus be threatened for the bye week here this last week. If you look at the Broncos defense against running backs, Boston Scott led the way week 10 versus 12. They had a bye week on week 11, and Eckler had 21. Now, I think, obviously, Eckler and Clyde are two different monsters in this. I think we're going to get closer to Scott. I'm actually going to go under for Clyde. I look at Mahomes to use uh, more of his wideouts and tight ends then you're going to see Clyde, and I look at Darrell to be the main running back. No, I love me some I love me some Darrell as well, so I could see that very well happening. Yes. Like, when I say Clyde's going to get 12, like over 12, I'm thinking more like 14 is my range. Like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, it's not much if it is. Just barely over we're talking, Yeah, we're talking like 13, 14 at most. Right. Next one, guys. we got two more on the list before we move on. we got Rob Gronkowski going against the Atlanta Falcons now, and it's going to be 13.4 is the projected over-under yeah. for this one. This is a tough call, you guys, because the, sometimes they don't use them at all. Sometimes they don't use them. Like, this is a tough game. This is a game that can be a blowout quick, and if it is, Gronk is pulled out of the game quick. If it's not, then I like Gronk to actually go over the 13.4 projected points. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tougher game than people think, only because it's a tough divisional matchup at the Atlanta Falcons. Gronk projected with 13 fantasy points. you got to remember, guys, he took six games off. And so this guy's got to have a ton of energy left. I'm going to go with the over here. He's been trending up with 13 and then 19 fantasy points in the last two games. So give me the over here. I mean, they're playing the, fan, they're playing the Falcons. It, who doesn't want to beat up on a divisional foe? And Tampa Bay needs to beat up on a divisional foe because they've struggled against all of them. Now, Atlanta here, I'm not too concerned about their defense, right? If you look at their tight ends, they actually gave up zero or basically zero above four points for Dallas tight ends. Uh, there was none above four points on the New England tight ends. And then O'Shaughnessy, because Arnold went down last week in Jacksonville, he had nine. But there's a difference here. You look at Rob Gronkowski here the last two games since he's been back from injury. He had eight targets, ten targets. Not only that, six receptions out of the eight targets, seven receptions out of ten targets. And then he also played 82% of snaps uh, last week against Indianapolis. I looked at, look at that to continue here. Um, I look at Rob Gronkowski to be a high target, high reception volume in the middle of the field against these Falcons guys. Uh, I look at him to go over, maybe over. I got one more tight end for you now. TJ Hawkinson going against Minnesota at 10.75 is a projected total right now for him in PPR leagues. This is a tough one. I kind of went back and forth on my head on this one. At first I said under. Now I'm going to go over for TJ Hawkinson because the weapons are not going to be there. He's going to be their primary weapon in this game. So I like him to get somewhere around 16 points. Yeah, you know, if you guys are into trends at all, 
he did have 11 and 12 last two games, so he might be trending toward 13. Bottom line is, the only thing you guys need to understand is that the Lions suck. They're probably going to be coming from behind against the Minnesota Vikings. Tough divisional matchup, so if they're coming from behind, I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to take over 11 points or 10.7 for Hopkins. Gotcha. So I can see guys is facing the 29th best defense against tight ends with Minnesota Vikings. Uh, if you look at Minnesota's last three weeks against tight ends, L.A. Chargers, Cook had two. Uh, Degara from Green Bay had 11. George Kittle with a two-point last week here, which is kind of sad. Uh, but if you... They got Hawkinson, week 11, week 12, 11 and 12 points there. Uh, remember, no DeAndre Swift this week. No DeAndre Swift, which means you got Jamal Williams in the backfield, a bunch of lame wideouts in Hawkinson. Uh, I look at the Vikings, I'm back in court and contain Hawkinson. I'm going under for TJ Hawkinson this week. All right, guys, now keep in mind, we are here at Mr. Brews in Oven Park, a place with some of the best uh, craft beer and burgers in the whole dang city, you guys. It's, so. it's actually getting a little bit wild in here right now. So. <laughs> it's a fabulous environment, actually. Yeah, honestly, if you want to meet us out here, come out and join us. Yeah, so, it's it's, it's a, a little bit wild. It is a little bit. Uh, Tomas, actually, the manager here, had a, a fantasy question for us. He wanted me to kind of look at his lineup for a minute, and he has one flex position still to fill in. So here to answer this for him here on air, but... Um, right, his receivers are fine. I mean, overall, he's working with Antonio Gibson, uh, James Robinson, our running back. Both listed as questionable, but I'm not concerned about those right now. But he's got Keenan Allen at receiver. Um, and then he's also working with CeeDee Lamb. He'll be back from injury, most likely. So you can plug him in. Kendrick Bourne has had a few good weeks now in a row. Um, but he's got a deep bench, so let's keep that in mind. So we're going to Kyle Pitts at tight end. So I think his main issue is a decision between a few different guys. We got working with Devin Singletary. I'm, I'm going to ask you this way. Who should you start over? Devin Singletary, Miles Gaskin, Jerry Judy against KC, Corlin Sutton against KC. Um, yeah, that would be his main his main guys. Or, or Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, guys. Kendrick Bourne is the guy I would pick to start in that flex spot. He has been hot and on fire the last three weeks. Uh, if we look here at his last couple weeks here, uh, the guy has had two touchdowns last week against Tennessee. Um, he went 4 for 4 as well against Atlanta and 4 for 4 again against Cleveland with a touchdown as well. The guy outside of Jacoby, uh, this is who Matt Jones is looking at. So yeah. I, would, I, would, I would probably go Bourne because with Buffalo kind of downfalling themselves in their defense right now, I could see him being kind of a, a potential top target for Mac Jones this week uh, for that flex spot. I like Bourne a lot. He works on the slot quite a bit for the Patriots offense, yeah. and the guy catches almost everything. You guys realize his catch percentage is over 80% right now in the season, yeah. which beats just about everyone in the entire league. That's nuts. Um, and then last week, obviously, had two touchdowns. And so, he's only 35% rostered, the, the weird thing is, his, you know why? The projections, what we just went over here a minute ago about projections, yeah. His projections, six, 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 his projections don't equal out to his actual production. Yeah. So that is a problem without a doubt within probably all of your uh, fantasy, ESPN, Yahoo, whatever you guys use at home there. Um, but I think that I'm gonna, still going to have to go with starting Miles Gaston in this opportunity going against the Giants. Yeah, I think he's the, he's the best option here just due to the workload he's ended up getting. 
I know, I understand that they just got, you know, uh, Philip Lindsay out of the team, whatever. I don't care. I think Gaston's probably going to be their best option going against a crappy team like the Giants. And he's supposed to get 12.5 points this week. I see him hovering around there somewhere, maybe around the 13 to 14 range. Um, Kendrick Bourne, though, still could have another 15-point game without a doubt. So that is my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, there's no way I'm going to throw Devin Singletary in there. No, nah, the Patriots. That. That's not going to yeah. happen. Nope. Um, not that I know from experience, but he, no was on my team. he was on my team, and he sucks. Uh, but I am going to go with Miles Gaskin here. I agree with you, Mike. <laughs> and it's, you know, he's kind of like he's a really good player. Like, I almost believe in him, right? But almost. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I could throw myself, I could throw my ass into that game and destroy the New York Giants. That's the only thing that matters. So give me some Miles Gaskin. He's going to destroy them. Gotcha. Take it to the bank. We got got two Gaskins and one Bourne. And I would say, outside of Gaskins and Bourne, the only other guy I would throw in there is Judy. Yeah, Judy's an option. He's the only guy I would throw in there. Yeah. It's a deep team. I do like it. Do like it. All right. See you guys. What do we got going on here coming up next? We got the NFC discussion oh, of yeah. the day. NFC? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Or, or should he – hold on. One more question from Tomas here. Or should he oh. go with Zach Moss over Singletary? Nope, nope. It's Matt Brady's show. Yep. Zach Moss was a healthy scratch last week because I have him on my fantasy team. Yeah. And I had to bench him last minute because of his healthy scratch because Matt Brady has showed up and has outperformed Moss and Singletary. Go to get the Patriots, too. I don't like any of those guys. Well, here's the, here's the thing with Zach Moss. If you didn't trust him last week to even play him, you're, you probably, trust him this week. you're probably not going to trust him against the New England Patriots. Stay away from so, Moss. Even if he plays, yeah, you want to stay out Stay away from Moss. All right, guys. The NFC, to me, we're going to talk about the top seven teams, at least our perceived top seven teams in the NFC now. So we're going to break that down for a little bit here. Um, guys, if you are just tuning in, by the way, we are at Mr. Bruce here in Overland Park uh, having some good old craft beers and some of the best gosh darn sliders in the world. I had that. I came in on... On um, Saturday, and that's the sliders, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. Uh, but, guys, NFC battle, to me, is a battle of three teams. Now, I'm, I'm not meaning to ignore one. This is Tomas' favorite team. Dallas Cowboys are going to be ignored for a minute. I think it's down to Tampa Bay, Arizona, Green Bay. Those are my top three. I think they've proven themselves the most, and they're the most battle-tested at the end of the day. Now, keep in mind, Arizona has a loss, but it was without Kyler Murray. Or two, a couple losses. Well, three players. Three or four well, stars. And, Hop- and Hopkins four stars. has missed a bunch Edmonds, of games. Edmonds, Hopkins, A.J. Green, right. Kyler Murray. They've lost a bunch of games. J.J. Watt, if you missed a bunch of games. Now, the Green Bay Packers are look our team. They lost to the Chiefs without Aaron Rodgers. But right. very well, if Aaron Rodgers was playing, they probably would have beat the Chiefs that day. They really lost to a Minnesota Vikings team as well which is actually a pretty good offensive team. So that could have gone either way of a division. And then you got the Buccaneers over there, you know. They're doing their thing, but they're doing the same this thing they do every year. You guys not remember that the Buccaneers lost their division last year? 11-5. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Tom Brady's never really cared that much about He's the regular wrong. season. It's whenever the playoffs come, he kicks it all on and then he takes off and just runs through everyone's ass. So <laughs> now the same thing's happening with the Buccaneers. Yeah. So, I'm seeing the exact same thing. So, but here's the thing. Below them, guys, I'm looking at Dallas. 
the Rams, who keep losing weird in weird ways to weird teams. And then you got San Francisco 49ers, who are coming up the rear out of a sudden at 6-5, and five, which confuses the hell out of me about what's going on there. And then there's the seventh seed, who's debatable between the Vikings and Saints. Seventh right now is Washington. Correct. Now, Washington football team, everybody. I don't believe in Washington necessarily to finish off as a playoff team. I like the Saints and the Vikings both better. But, guys, just come give me your, your thoughts right now on the state of the NFC. You know, it's, it's kind of like a trend here. We always talk about trends on this show. Well, Mike and I are trending to agree with each other because he's talking about the Saints and the Vikings. And to me... Those are the two teams right now that are on the outside looking in, and I think they're both going to make it. So when you look at the top four, for me, there's no discussion. I've got Arizona, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Dallas. I don't really care what order they're in at the end. It doesn't matter. Those are the best four teams. But when I look at the next three teams, I'm not a big believer in the San Francisco 49ers, okay? So, but I am a big believer in Minnesota. So you guys all know I look at defense first on this show. And I look at the Rams. If I can make a bold prediction right now, the Rams are not going to make the playoffs. And it's not just because of their defense. It's because Matthew Stafford is banged up. I don't really know how healthy he is. I guess they say he's been playing injured for a while now. OBJ, who is the quote-unquote replacement for Robert Woods, not 100% healthy right now. If, if those guys aren't healthy, especially your quarterback and Matthew Stafford, they are not going to make the playoffs. So that would be my bold prediction right now. And as far as my two teams outside looking in, I like the Vikings and the Saints. The Saints are actually the number 12 defense in the NFL right now. And Minnesota is at number 24. They're basically right there with the Rams. So I think Minnesota is going to make the playoffs. Uh, Not necessarily sold on the Washington football team right now, even though they are technically in the mix right now. They're They're the number seven seed, but... Big believer in the Vikings and the Saints. If you, if you hold a gun to my head, those two teams are going to be in. The Rams are going to be out. Now, now it's kind of crazy if you say the Rams will make the playoffs. I think they're going to lose the Jaguars here on December 5th. Uh, you could definitely make a case for that to be, to be you true. You can almost count them out. I mean, you can count them out lose the Jaguars. Because, I mean, the rest of their schedule, if you run it down the list, you got Cardinals, Seahawks, which at times can beat anybody. And you got the Vikings, Ravens, and then the Niners. That last game yeah, could be deciding. Four, oh, yeah. four potential playoff teams you're facing against, and three divisional. I, I can't imagine a team as talented though, from top to bottom, as the Rams to actually miss the playoffs. I still think they're going to find their way in there, but that game week uh, week eighteen, I guess it would be against the 49ers, could really be a deciding factor in who makes the playoffs. They very well, could. My my thing with the Rams right now is that if they're not healthy. You look at the Arizona game, the Vikings game, and that Baltimore game. All three of those are a loss. I promise you, if Stafford's not healthy and if OBJ can't play at 100%, all three of those games are losses. I can promise you that right now. I have a question, though. So we have that prediction. Why have they regressed? Is there a reason? I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is except for the fact that, you know, People underestimate the value of Robert Woods just because he doesn't throw up a lot of numbers out there. 
but he is very he's a very important part to the team. He's a very important part to that offense. And so when you take him away and you throw an OBJ in there, sure, OBJ is going to put up numbers, but they don't necessarily have chemistry with him right now. So that takes a few weeks to build chemistry with him. And if you've got a Matthew Stafford that's not 100%, I mean, I, it's not that they've regressed. It's just that, you know, they have injuries. Injuries are fair to say for the Rams. Robert Woods is not the glue to this team by any means. I want to look at it. You're going to love this, Chase. You're going to love this. I want to look at it as more of too much talent on a team, a.k.a. the Brooklyn Nets last year that lost in the playoffs. Too much talent on the team. The Miami Heat with the three, right? The three lost as well in the finals. Too much talent on the team. Too much ego going on between this team. Vaughn Miller edition, the Odell edition, right? Vance, Vance Jefferson's playing fabulous at wideout, but he's not a Odell or a Cooper Cup or a Vaughn Miller guy, right? And I think there's a lot of ego on this team. Jalen Ramsey's another one. Like, there's great talent, but they got to mesh. They're not meshing. They're not coming in. They yeah, mesh. Again, it's not a regression thing for me. I kind of compare it to the Dallas Cowboys. Nobody in their right mind thinks that the Cowboys have regressed the last two or three weeks. No, no. The no. guys aren't fucking playing. There's my one F-bomb. I got it out of the way. It's over. But nobody in their right mind thinks that the Cowboys have regressed. The players are not playing. And it's kind of the same thing with the Rams. You don't have Robert Woods. You're bringing some new guys in there. you got to give them some time. My question for the Rams is, I don't know if there's enough time. I'm going to place my bet that there's not. And these guys are going to be on the outside looking in when all is said and done. My one quick hitter all I want to say is I feel like the Rams are becoming the Lions now. And I think that's part of the problem is that it's turned into a team that used to have a little more structure offensively, and now they're kind of stressing and pressing offensively. And then that defense is just completely shitting the bed. And so that's what it comes down to. I mean, here's the thing. The defense has no business being that bad. But I think that the offense is also struggling quite a bit because you're becoming too one-dimensional at times. And the running back situation, Daryl Henderson, let's be honest, he's a pass-catching running back. He's not necessarily meant to be an every-down back in this system. So I think that's kind of what they're running into at the moment. So I just I think this is a team that's kind of lost its way. And I think I trust the coaching staff to get it figured oh, out. Oh, I trust so. them. Yeah, I, I think they will. I think they'll make these games competitive going into that final week against the 49ers. It's just, it's just really unfortunate that they struggle now. Instead of earlier in the season. And to be fair, the teams they've lost to have all been good teams. Yeah. I do want to point that out. Yeah, correct. Lost to Titans, lost to the Packers, and... Uh, it makes you think of a Chiefs thing going on, right? We lost to good teams. We lost to sure. winning teams. We didn't lose to losing teams. Sure. Yeah, yeah. and the, the other thing I would bring up with the Rams is the fact that, you know, they lost Cam Akers before the season even started. Now, I don't know that the Rams have an identity right now offensively. We've all known the Rams to have an identity. You know, they run the ball a lot, and then they throw the ball. But the thing about the Rams is, did you guys know that right now they are top five or actually bottom five in the NFL as far as run plays? 
They, they, I believe they, they've officially that's, stopped. That's, that's, Stafford, though. that's what I was just saying. Yeah. They come the Lions. The Lions didn't run the ball when Stafford was there. He yeah. was a pass-happy team. And when you become one-dimensional, you lose your way. You lose yeah. your identity. Just because you get Stafford in the play, it doesn't mean you repeat of what he's done every single year. With right. The so if you're not running the ball, I think in previous years, even when the Rams made it to the Super Bowl, that was their identity. They run the ball. And obviously part of that is due to the fact they, they don't have Cam Akers. Nope. But if you don't have an identity and all of a sudden you bring in a bunch of new guys like Von Miller, OBJ, you, you don't have an identity. No, there's no identity. I do want to point out, guys, we are in a, let's say, Tomas here, our manager, is a Cowboys fan. So yes. I do want to point that out. So I have a Cowboys question. Why are the Cowboys now tumbling as well? Guys not playing. I mean... <laughs> We already talked I mean, about it. I mean, if you guys, if you, you put, shouldn't lose to the Raiders, coaching, the way coaching, coaching, yeah. coaching. Yeah, Mike McCarthy. Kellen Moore is choking on the offense. And McCarthy or McCarthy? No, McCarthy's I, full on it. I don't trust McCarthy when he signed with the Cowboys, and he's. This is the reason because he gets into this mid-season swing of, oh well, we're, I don't know what we're gonna do. We lose Lane. We lose Cooper. We lost some guys on defense. We lose our left tackle for a little bit. What, what are you going to do? You don't. Like, McCarthy doesn't know how to adjust very well. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to put it on the coach. Oh, Ezekiel, oh. Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott's not 100% right now. We don't know what the heck's wrong with him, but he is not healthy. You lose CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper. Now, how all of a sudden are you going to blame all that, those few games on the coach? It just doesn't make sense. The players, the players win the games. It's not the coach. So if you take a start taking away players, that's the reason why they started losing. But you games. got Dak still. I thought the quarterback was the one that matters. If you got Dak still, you should still be able to perform with Brown, Cedric Wilson, who only had one stupid point last week. Benny for my fancy. Uh, and like you're not getting the ball to the guys that you should get to. Schultz was involved for a few points, uh, but you're. There's no reason for it. Your line is bad. I don't know if there's a right answer here, but I'll say injuries haven't played a big impact it has been a in the Cowboys. So Amari Cooper has always been missed two games with COVID issue. Randy Gregory's been out for a while. Demarcus Lawrence has been out. Now Michael Parsons has stepped up and played phenomenal. You guys, let's keep that in mind. Their injuries have been an issue throughout the rest of the season here in the mid part of the season, and that's been a significant part about why right. it's fallen off right now. And Parsons has been phenomenal, by the way. I mean, I will say this: if you put Amari Cooper on the Cowboys against the Raiders. They probably end up winning the game in the end, you know. I just feel like yeah. maybe adding that because, as you just said, Cedric Wilson didn't do shit the other day. He dropped the ball and actually so, more than that. You know, so. I think mean, Michael Gallup, it's still, you know, he's done okay, but he's not. He can't take over a game. He's not meant to do that. That's not his role. That's, so that, that's the thing for me. You're, I, I'm not going to put it on the coach, the coaching staff. I'm not going to put it on Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's going to be just fine. Just no, well, he'll be fine. He's yeah. going to get his playmakers back. So this has nothing to do with Dak or the coaching staff. This is like when you lose a player or multiple players, you're going to have some problems. And so that's the only thing that's been going on with the Cowboys. I'm just saying, if you get canned when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, what makes you think you're going to get Dak Prescott to win even closer to the Super Bowl? Yeah, no, I understand. I, I still think that they're a team to you know worry about as as time goes forward. But as I t- as I told you guys, there's three teams in the NFC that matter the most to me. Those guys are the juggernauts of the entire thing: Packers, Cardinals, Bucks. So Arizona now, 
they, they, they plugged in other backups and quarterback here throughout this time period. They still were finding ways to win games. In fact, dominate the 49ers at one point. And they've missed Hopkins now since week seven. He's back, I think, this week. Or right now is playing practice today. Murray, so Murray, Hopkins, and Green are being reported to be back this week. Now remember, guys, the number one seed in the NFC gets a bye week. Number two, you still got to go play your ass somewhere. So here's the deal. Number one seed, is it going to finish up being the Cardinals? Because I saw their schedule, and it looks pretty juicy to me. So I like the Cardinals to finish up as number one seed. Yeah, I'd say Cardinals will finish as with, one seed. With, an, with possibly the Packers, because I love the way that team right now is working. A.J. Dillon looks really, really good in replacement of Aaron Jones. And Aaron Rodgers also. Guys, come on, man. Aaron Rodgers is fucking amazing. I yeah, love Aaron Rodgers all day. Guys, if I if I have to make a prediction right now, I'm going one, two, three. I got Packers, Bucks. I've got the Cardinals number three. When all is said and done, when all is said and done, Packers, Bucks, Cardinals. Yes, when all is said and done, you've got to go with experience. You almost right? got it down to your division prediction. I'm I'm going to go with experience. Except I believe not last. Hey, I believe in Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady more than I believe in Kyler Murray right now. Kyler Murray is the future, but. I want, to, I want to trust in quarterbacks that have been there and done that. So I do believe that the Cardinals end up in the number so, three seed. So for Arizona, right, it's not necessarily Kyler Murray. It's not necessarily Hopkins. Those guys control the game flow. It's that defense they got. That defense is the ones that are allowed the offense to stay on the field for so long. Have you guys, the game have you guys thought about this? What's going to happen with Kyler comes back and he might be a little bit rusty? How many games do you think it's going to take to dust off that rust? Two games? Three I games? Have. Four games? I have. They're going to be the number three seed. If you have Hawkins with you and A.J. Greenback, James Conner running like hell. I have. I don't, I don't think Kyler Murray's injury is going to be like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, I would say, had a finger injury to come back. Two preventing, preventing him from throwing the ball properly. But Kyler is an ankle thing. So it's like, okay, he can't run as well maybe as he did in the past, yeah, but his throwing is going to be just as good as ever. I mean, why would it be an issue in my opinion? The, the thing of it is, is like those top three seeds, even though we can sit here and predict it all day long, they don't matter. No, those, no. Those, you know why? Those three teams are even. No, yeah, no. Those three teams are even. I would say, so anybody could be the best team in the NFC yeah. right now. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, those are the top three. Like, whoever ends up facing the Cowboys in the NFC divisional round or whatever, I mean, they're they're probably going to get their their winnings on that one. So, and uh, I mean, so far for the most part, our predictions look to come back to it at some point. But we've been pretty accurate in the NFC at least. I picked the Cowboys. I think to finish uh, was it ten and seven this year. 10 and, seven, yeah. and we're looking. It's going to be close. It's going to be in that range. And I picked the Cardinals to finish top of their division. So so far, I'm right about that. And everything's it's kind of falling into place as we thought about. It. But seven seed is still the one thing. I know we just discussed this a minute ago, but Vikings Saints. I got. I'm going Saints. I'm going to go Saints to win. I think Taysom Hill. I don't believe in the Saints. I, I got, don't believe in the Saints. I got Saints to keep the seven seed. Overrated. Over you said they're both going to make it. So you know, I'm pretty sure I actually had the Niners in the preseason. I think I had the Niners oh, in the did. playoffs. You did. You did. You and like now, now they're actually in the playoffs, and I'm going to kick their ass out right now. No, you're not. Mind. He just changes mind mid-show. <laughs> <laughs> mid-show changes mind. Oh, my Lord. Not mid show. That was in the preseason. Oh, no, I understand. So, here, real quick here. The same <laughs> schedule as the Cowboys. So, that's probably going to be, what, what are they now? They're, they're five and six. So, six and six. Jets, seven and six. Tampa, seven and seven. Carolina could go either way because they're both shitty teams. So, that could be eight and seven. 
and the Falcons. Yeah, it could come down to Atlanta yeah. or the Saints for the seventh seed. Give me Taysom Hill, run it up their ass. Eight, eight. I like eight and eight makes you play worse. Eight and eight makes the playoffs. But you don't. You're not going to surpass. Yeah, I guess I'll say nine and eight, not eight. You're eight. not going to surpass the Vikings. And if the Falcons went out, you can't surpass the Falcons. And if Washington and the Falcons went out, what? Look, the Falcons are a nine seed ahead of the Saints. Dude, I'm not. The Falcons are the least of my concerns. That team is trash. Dude, we call them trash, but they're in the middle. They're trash. Washington's dude, dude, I just kicked out the Rams. I'm going to kick out the Rams, the Niners. And I could kick out Washington. You could throw three teams in there. So I'm putting the Saints and the Vikings in right. there. You like both to be in there. And uh, the Vikings. Who's your seventh? Uh, I'll probably stick with the what the fuck. Okay. WFT. But. That's fair. By the way, that's uh, three F-bombs already for me. So I'm getting ready yeah. to tap out. So I got, I got a question real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, have been a hot team. They struggled last week against the Giants. Everybody has a bad game. The NFL's been weird this year, right? Just the last five weeks have been weird as hell. Do we see Jalen Hurts and that no. Philadelphia team even competing here in two weeks for a playoff potential? Competing, yes, but I'm going to give them eight and nine on the year at yeah. best. That's not record. So they're going to get in the mix, but they're not going to be a playoff team this year. Gotcha. Now, I, I, I don't believe in Jalen Hurts this year. I mean, well, we're going to see what he develops into over the course of the next two to three years, but I certainly don't believe in him this year. I hope that he he, he moves on and improves in his development, but he's not going to do shit this year. Gotcha. Well, you guys, uh, just remember, we were at Mr. Brews here in Overland Park, Kansas. I uh, have a little bit of time out here yes. talking Chiefs, talking fantasy. If you miss some of that stuff, then I mean, go back on it or like, subscribe, and check us out here in a bit. We talk fantasy every single week, as well as a little bit of Chiefs football. Um, so, guys, this place has the best burgers, best craft beer, uh, at least in the next, like Arnold five mile radius. I would say because there's no there's no there's no Barley's anywhere close. So I got to give them a, a good A plus review on everything they got going on here at Mr. Brews and uh, come in and say hi to Tomas here if he's working. Yeah. And uh, give him a little shit about the Cowboys every once in a while, too. So, you know, he, he enjoys that quite a bit. So, yes. But, uh, I mean, you guys have any final comments here before we uh, wrap it up for the day? just want to throw it out there real quick. If you guys are interested in Bitcoin, you can buy it right here on oh, site. Yeah. At Mr. Bruce. You can buy Bitcoin at Mr. Bruce. <laughs> so, live. If you want to stop losing money, just yeah. come on in here to Mr. Bruce. You gotta buy Bitcoin, right? Put now. your whole savings account in there, and you're gonna get rich. So that's all uh, I can say. I don't know if you guys saw Salvador Perez, guys, made the top MLB all like the all team this year. Oh, of course. Salvador Perez, baby! Why would he not? Yeah, yeah. he is amazing. You guys, congrats to Salvador. Phenomenal. So, and yeah, the other thing I would throw out there is the fact that I know you guys are just dying to hear us start talking about the NBA, but. We are on a limit here. We can't start talking about the NBA until Christmas Day. You New guys, Year. You guys got so, to buy a month. A hey, month Jan- January, we can bring it up. As soon as that first Wednesday rolls around after Christmas Day, I'm all in, guys. We got a month, guys. You're, we'll the NBA go. JG is all in. So you, we can start talking NBA all day, every day. My so team's won 17 games in a row. 17 in a row, son. Here we go. Phoenix Suns. That's it. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> so I want to talk about. Oh. All right, guys. Well, I guess with all that said, we'll uh, wrap it up here. And thank you all so much for watching. And 
like I said, like, subscribe. You enjoy this. We'll be here every single week. So thank you guys so much. And we'll see y'all on the next one. See you guys.